Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about why vulnerability is a human thing. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Coach Di Manuel. Di is an award-winning digital thought leader, TEDx speaker, author, family man, community leader, executive performance coach, and certified lifestyle mentor. You can learn more about Coach Di and the free resources he offers at his website, DiManuel.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Di. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you, Linda. It's an honor to be here and to connect with you and your beautiful community. And gosh, it's it's just so cool. You know, when I really sit back and I pinch myself, I'm like, we get to do these types of conversations regularly, right? Like, this is what we do. We set our lives up to have these conversations, but also connect with people all around the world. And this is just the day and times that we live in. It's just, it's cool, right? Like, I mean, I, I just love it. Love I, I love it. seeing technology just bring us closer together. Because, yeah, uh, you know, at times it, it feels the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. the connection. And I like that you mentioned the word pitch yourself, because I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit. I was so impressed. As I was reading through your information, here you are this competitive athlete, and you've been this um, chief officer of this multi-million company, and the way you introduce yourself is that you are a father, and that you are dating your wife, and that you are doing life around the globe. <laughs> and I thought, I like this guy. He has his priorities straight about what really matters. So I would love to get to know you a little bit better. What does doing life around the globe look like for you? <laughs> That's uh, well, I, I love how you bring that up. And, and let me, full disclaimer, first and foremost, uh, you know, I went through a big shift, uh, be almost 13 years ago, uh, where, where my wife and I, we came to a place where we recognized the power of intention and intentionality uh, in, in everything, especially every aspect of life. But also the language that we use to describe ourselves or to identify ourselves. And, you know, it, it, I mean, gosh, we, the conversations around identifying and how do we like to be identified? I mean, it's a very real conversation, especially with everything that's come out in the last five years and just, just the conversation around pronouns, right? Like, I mean, I'm like, it's gone a completely different level, but it's, it's nice to see that people are open to allowing people to, to, to describe how they want to be seen. You know, and connected to, and and I love it. I just think it's it's beautiful. It's confusing at times, but thankfully, I've got a seventeen and nineteen year old daughter, daughters, and uh, they school me on this <laughs> all the time. You know, and uh, so please note, I'm a man who identifies as a man, and so everything I'm going to speak to today is from my perspective and my experience. And you know, thirteen years ago, I made we we set in motion some intentionality with our lives, especially how we describe it and how we communicate what it is that we're passionate about and what we want. And one of those things is, you know, when I was asked from a mentor, it's like, yeah, well, let's be fair. We've all been to our own fair share of networking meetings. And, and when, so the first question we often hear when we're meeting people at a networking function, they go, oh, what's your name? Yes. Oh, what do you do? Right. We're so quick to go to what do you do? Like as if that defines and communicates exactly who we are. <laughs> and, and we put so much stock or identity into our professional careers. At least that's what I did. Right, I did. I, I think I, you're I, that the only one, idea. actually, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's tough, though, right? No, but it's it, you know, tongue in cheek. But yeah, it, it is. We do recognize that our careers often are a big part of who we believe we are. And uh, I was in, the, yes, a, a role where I was a 
co-founder of a company and we built it to, you know, eight figures a year. It, it was no small feat. Took a lot of blood, sweat, and a whole lot of tears, you know, to, to, to build it over that period of time. But uh, I used to identify myself as that guy, you know, not only a partner in that company, the guy that built that company, like just, it was how I saw value in myself. But that value never felt real. If I can be honest with you, you know, and I was listening to this, like it just felt disconnected. It felt like uh, more of a shield than than me being truthful about who I am and how I want to be seen. And, and so with the mentor that I worked with, you know, we really got clear on that. And it was like, you know what? First and foremost, the only titles that actually matter to me, I'm a dad, you know, and I've been dating my wife for 22 years. Yes. Again, intentionality with language. Yes. I could say we've been married for 22 years, but no, we're more than married. I've been dating her for 22 years, you know, and, and, and so with that power of language, as subtle as it is, it's how everything starts because it's how we think about ourselves and our lives. And so we set in motion six years ago when I quit my career 17 years, she quit hers a month later, three months after that, we pulled the kids out of school, gave away all, all our stuff, packed up what bags we could in the back of our SUV and started traveling as a family so we could live life around the world as a full-time family. And that lasted about five years before we came back pre-pandemic. So our kids could finish high school here in Vancouver. But uh, that's the synopsis. I guess we're done now. I guess I'll go. So no, I'll see later. no, no. no. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, so will yeah. you clarify for me the distinction yeah. of what it means to you, the difference between uh, being married for 22 yeah. years and dating your wife for 22 years? I thought you might years. ask that. So I appreciate that. You know, it's, uh, well, think about this. Like, let me ask you, you know, think about when you started to date your significant other. Right. Like that person where we make that commitment to say, you know what, this is someone I could see maybe having kids with or or really settling down or, you know, spending the rest of my life with. But when you think about when you make that connection in your life, it's a beautiful thing. But we have this intentionality in every interaction. Right. Especially early on in the relationship. We always bring our best selves forward first. Always. You think about it, when we're dating, we're like, you know, it's it's sort of a try before you buy kind of scenario, right? Like <laughs> we're we're trying to woo them, you know, into like wanting to to feel that connection to us, but also uh, we do. We like to showcase all of our strongest assets, you know. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting because when you're dating, there is this this intentionality, this energy, and and I don't think we should ever lose that. You know, there's not a day that goes by that I still don't learn new things about my wife, even though, you know, I know her better than anybody else in this world, but she knows me better than anybody else in this world. And you would think you get to a place where it's easy to become complacent and, and to sometimes grow apart if there's no stimulation on more than just the physical, you know, like there's so many more ways to connect. And uh, so, yes, that dating my wife of 22 years is very much intentional. It is what we strive to do. And, and yeah, it's, it's been beautiful. And I invite others. Think about that. Think about how can you continue to date your wife or husband or partner, whatever, like just qualify that for yourself and see how it shifts things. Cause it does, it does shift things and uh, in a very powerful and, and empowering way. I love that. So let me see if I'm getting all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. To you, dating is that intention of putting kind of your best self forward. I can imagine oftentimes in a relationship, we, you know, we put our best, we, the try before you buy, you put your best self. And then after you get married, then you just kind of relax and just give them the rest, <laughs> the, the, the not awesome part. So uh, it's continuing to show up in a way that is 
trying to to woo them, trying to please them, thinking about that relationship, thinking about what it's going to be in the long term, and really putting them first in a lot of different things. And I think that that is absolutely beautiful. And what amazing things that would do to anyone's relationship if we don't get complacent, but continue to really value and love that person and to show them. And I love the dating that involves um, a little bit of scheduling, putting a little time together and doing something together that is fun. And that is not just that, you know, I'm paying bills or I'm doing this or I'm tucking the kids into bed or that kind of thing, but it's something together to put your relationship as a priority. So that's a wonderful distinction. Thank you. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, I I give my wife the full credit, just so you know, like she, she's been that, that person for me in my life where she just asked really clarifying questions for me. And um, I, I sort of share, you, you mentioned the, my TEDx talk, and it's called Why Vulnerability is a Human Thing. And, and you know, I, it, vulnerability was something that didn't come naturally to me. It's not one of those skills I just was very warm and positive about. You know, I was thought as more of a negative or a weakness, you know, like it's, I was someone that lived in the ego most of my life, you know, especially in my, my 20s and my early 30s. And it created a lot of strife in my life, a lot of challenges with me internally. And uh, I, I learned early on that I could self-medicate with other substances. Uh, for me, you know, alcohol was definitely one of those substances. And sometimes it would lead to drug use as well. And uh, also, it was a slippery slope. I would do other things that were really complete opposite of who I believed I was and I was becoming, but also who I valued, you know, like certain values that I had where I was also compromising based on making some of these poor decisions. And uh my wife has always been very good at asking questions. And it was 13 years ago, almost to the day that she asked me a question, Di, are you being the type of man that you'd want to marry your daughters? Simple question, but very much a mic drop moment. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was crazy because at that time when she asked that, and, and, you know, I have a background, quite an extensive background in sales. I'm the kind of guy that I'll figure out a way to position this or say it in just the right way. You know, like I, I would heavily curate the way I would communicate and talk and connect. It was filtered, right? And, and I realized there's no filtering this. And actually, I don't have any smart answer or anything that's actually justifiable to say right now. Because truth be told, if I was taking stock of what I was doing on the day-to-day and how I was showing up, but also my actions, my kids were both under the age of six. I was not role modeling what a good man is, what a good father is. What a great husband is, you know, what a good community leader and entrepreneur. Like I was not role modeling the good behaviors, the good self-talk, the good habits. Like I wasn't. And, and so in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, no, I would hate for my daughters to end up with somebody like who I was at that time. And, and that was it. It was that moment that everything changed. Like literally, or at least I set in motion the changes that would then follow and I've been on that journey. And, and, you know, on past conversations, I had people, I was like, yeah, it's my journey to life, but it feels more like I'm bushwhacking. Okay. Like it's <laughs> just carving out a path, you know, and, and I think that's sort of what we're all doing, you know, to some extent we're, we're bushwhacking our life and, and sometimes it's thick chopping. Sometimes it's easy strolling, uh, but it is a mix of both. And that's what makes life beautiful. You know? Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to go a little bit deeper as you've shared this, that is some vulnerability because 
up to our conversation so far up to that point, it is, you know, wow, look at how amazing he is, how he has everything together, not only in his family life, but in his very successful in the professional life. And then you said, you know, what you see today is not necessarily what always has been. And that, uh, you know, allows people who are listening to recognize, you know, first of all, it's okay if I'm not where I want to be, that I can change and that I can become something else. You chose the topic of vulnerability, which you just demonstrated. I don't know. What, what does vulnerability mean to you? You said it, it used to mean something negative. Like, I think a lot of times we, we equate vulnerability with weakness. Yes, we do. Which right. is That's a right. very... Very negative. I mean, for anyone, but particularly for a man who, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're powerful and we're, we're powerful in different ways, but it's, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and so who wants weakness to be part of your character in any way, shape or form? So somehow we need to figure out a new definition that makes it yes. work for us. So what does it mean to you? Thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate that, Linda, because you're, you're spot on. You know, it, the, it's the relationship we have with the word. And, and I, I think we do need a bit of a paradigm shift as it relates to the collective understanding of the term, right? And because it is a relationship to a concept. And, and unfortunately, if we look at our history, most people's history, or especially, like, let me just, again, as a man who identifies as a man and as someone that has lived a certain life with certain experiences, I, I can honestly say that I, I never really saw vulnerability as a positive. It was never role modeled to me in that way. At least not in a way that I could have pinpointed and said, oh, he's being vulnerable or she's being vulnerable. Like, I mean, I would, I didn't really have the understanding or the concept or really the awareness as to what that actually meant. Because again, I was close to it because I believed it was a negative. So why would I be even open to looking at it? I don't want that. It's a negative. I don't want it. You know, I don't want to do that. I'll be stoic. I'll be like my father, be very controlled emotionally. You know, I don't need to cry ever. Like just be strong and firm, you know, and, and um, yet caring and kind, which my dad was, you know, and he had those elements, but the vulnerability piece was, was always a challenge. And, uh, and then I look in my 20s and in my early 30s, like the habits that were being role modeled to me by other men specifically, there's no, you know, to give myself a little bit of grace. And what I mean by that is not beat myself up as much as I probably could. Uh, I was just doing what everybody else was doing in my community. You know, I was, I was just, as uh, I say, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, quite literally. You know, if my friends are going out to the pub, well, I'm going out to the pub with them. You know, if we're... <laughs> Even some of the conversations, super surface, right? It's always the same surface level type of chalk. It was never anything really deep or, or what I felt was meaningful. And as such, you know, it just, it was easy to be surface all the time. But eventually you get to a place where it's like, huh, I'd like to know more. I want to talk about more. I want to share more. But I didn't know how. And it felt like a really scary prospect. And so learning how to be able to open up authentically and especially to do it without the fear of any negative repercussions. And I think that's often a big stop for many of us, uh, especially from the men that I work with when I hear it back from them and their, their understanding or explanations around the relationship with this idea of vulnerability uh, is it, very negative. And, and so it's how do you even start to entertain that maybe you can reframe or shift your relationship with the concept without actually practicing the concept? <laughs> and, and so how to create a safe space to practice the skill of even just seeing if I, what's it like to be a little bit more open, share a little bit more about 
what's real for me right now? What's really my biggest challenges or even some of the victories that I'm experiencing in life? Because this is the thing. I used to find myself around some of my friends and they'd be experiencing massive growth maybe in their business or they'd achieved a personal milestone that was huge and just definitely were celebrating. Yet something on the inside of me was like, oh, I don't really, you know, I want to say good job, but why not me? Why you? Like just this really negative thought. Like it was wild how I'd be so quick to try to dismiss what they had done in order to make myself feel better about me. Like it just, this is what was going on. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And yet I didn't know any other way around it. And uh, so, you know, this is my long about way of just saying I, I, the idea of being vulnerable to me now after having much time over the last decade to practice this and to really connect with different people and communities as well as my own beliefs <laughs> and values and revisiting all those, I can tell you vulnerability when done in a, in a respectful way. Not, not to create shock and awe, not to say, hey, look at me, you know, like feel sorry for me, empathize with me. Like it's not a me thing, but it's a, it's a we thing. You know, it's, it's often an exchange with somebody else. And this is how trust is formed. It starts with vulnerability. Think about any relationship, any relationship, professional, personal, or in between. It, it stems from one person being vulnerable, opening up about something personal. Because it always takes one person to go first, but that creates enough trust and safety for the next person to go, you know, and, and as soon as it starts to happen and you can see it can be done in a real positive way and it actually makes you feel empowered and less alone. Now you understand. Now you'll feel different about this term vulnerability and you'll realize it's very much a skill and it's a skill that can be developed and strengthened as well as leverage to support us to really become the best versions of ourselves. Because without it, it's a really long hike and there's no guarantee you'll ever get to the destination, <laughs> you know, like without this act of vulnerability and being able to practice it. So uh, that, that's sort of a, a, what I've experienced so far with, with my journey trying to explore what's it like to be more vulnerable. Wow. Okay. That is amazing. What a beautiful journey. So many concepts that you have covered as we're trying to figure out what does this mean and what does it mean to me and why do I want it? Why is this a benefit when I've had this idea in my head that it's something bad? I love that you kind of talked about this chicken and the egg thing is how do you practice vulnerability without being vulnerable? Somebody has to take the first step in that dance. And I think if I were to put it in a nutshell, it's I love when you said it's not a me thing, it's a we thing. And that, I think, kind of pulls things together. If I can be part of a we rather than just a me, that brings feelings of connection. And that helps alleviate those feelings of isolation and loneliness that plague so many people. And so maybe that is kind of some of the benefits. For me, I don't know about you, Di, but when it's, when it's like somebody tells me something, I, my brain says, why? Why do I want to do this? What, what's the benefit to me? What, what good is it going to do me? I, I mean, if you're asking me to change, if you're asking me to do something different, if I don't see how it's going to benefit me, yeah. then why put in the work, right? That's true. I, I mean, a lot of us expect results before we've done the work. And I think that's the interesting part. It's like, well, results usually follow the work. 
Right. right? But, but it, so it is that that sort of chicken before the egg kind of thing, right? Exactly. Or, um, and, um, you know, vulnerability is such that it really is interesting because once you've done it or, or you, you start to find yourself more confident and clear in who you are, like, again, this, this is a self-connection, right? Connection to self, but like this knowing who I am, knowing what's important to me, knowing what's non-negotiable, basically just know thyself, you know, it's quite the cliche, I know, but it's true. If you have a good understanding of what's important to you and what you want in your life, you know, there, there shouldn't be any negative qualms or, or, or any ill feelings about asking for what you want, as well as seeking out those around you that maybe want similar things to what you want. So you can support one another in going on that journey of trying to achieve or create that life. Sometimes it's going to involve change. Sometimes it might not. But most of the time it does. <laughs> and yeah, and change is intimidating. It is, you know. But if there's one thing, and I'll take it from the page of Buddha, you know, 2,600 some odd years ago said, you know, there's only one thing we know to be absolutely certain in life. That's that nothing stays the same. Nothing stays as it is. Everything is in a constant state of change. And yet... We run into these these ugh, stressful and overwhelming situations when we're trying to hold on to something and not let it change. And, and you know, as they say, that's the opportunity to let in suffering, right? Because this too shall pass, not just the bad things in life, but also the great things, all these awesome moments in our life, like the firstborn child or the first step, first time we land a new contract in our company. Like, these are all things that they too will pass. So again, bringing it right back to that present moment, right? Like just being fully present and confident in who you are and clear enough in what you want that you can articulate it in a way that invites people to participate and, and collaborate as well as support each other on a similar journeys. But it only happens if we open up and we share what it is we want, <laughs> you know, like, and so it, it all starts from this act of, 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 yes. And some people say, well, some people are vulnerable. I'm like, well, yeah, you are. Because what if someone says no to you? They say, no, I, I, I can't help you with that. I mean, how do you feel about that? It's like us going on, I'm going to ask that girl, she wants to go out on a date with me. I might say no. And she says no. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, the end of the world, right? Like, <laughs> and, and yet I, I think some of us have these past interactions and we presume that if one person says no, well, that automatically implies everybody's going to say no. So we'll just stop the journey right then and there. It's not going to happen, you know, and then we have all these ill feelings for that. And it's just like, ah, anyways, it, sorry, I can go off on tangents with this thing, but my invitation to everybody that's listening to this is just start with look, learning about yourself, you know, getting really clear. What is most important? What is the non-negotiable in your life? What is the life that you want to create for yourself? I really? love yeah. that. Pulling it yeah. back. So if we go back to the, yeah. it's not a me thing, it's a we thing. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about how to create that begins with me. It begins with self. It begins with, you mentioned the words confidence and you're talking about self-awareness. We're talking about clarity. What do you want? I think it means that we have to be comfortable enough in our own skin that I'm not afraid of how you're going to respond to me because you don't define my worth. I already know that it's there. And so that means that I am safe with myself enough to open up and say, let's have a conversation that goes beyond these surface topics and let's talk about what really matters, what really matters to me, what really matters to you, and how we can help each other to achieve that. I love it. I love it. 
What a beautiful thing. This is so important to help become aware of and that it's something worth doing so that we're not shallow. We're not fake. We're not, um, we're not alone. So as we become real and authentic and uh, true to ourselves and then open to be able to help other people do the same. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's been a heck of a journey, you know, but, uh, and it's still going, it's still a work in progress, but I'll tell you, uh, every day I go to bed feeling very fulfilled and thankful and grateful. And, and, uh, just again, right back to what we started at the beginning, you know, sort of that, that pinch yourself moment, you know, where it's like, wow, this is my life. I, I get to do this. I get to meet these kind of people, have these kind of conversations, but it all started because I had to, to acknowledge that there were some things I needed help with, you know, to, to overcome, to work through. And uh, without that support, I, I can honestly say, Linda, I don't think we'd be here talking to each other today. Right. No, it's the power of community. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But, you know, it's not just joining communities. I know we're all used to joining Facebook groups and joining communities. And, but joining and belonging are two very different things. So when you find a community that you belong to, you feel like I belong here. Whew. Life-changing. Life-changing. Okay, know? that so made me a, all tingly. Yeah. <laughs> happy to hear that but it's it's true though isn't it like it, it really is because when you feel that connection it's like wow you feel like you can do anything and you feel safe about trying to do anything or new things especially and those things make us feel uncomfortable There's a lot of fear there it's like oh no i'm gonna fail and it's like yeah probably <laughs> but it's okay we all fail too <laughs> good luck <laughs> you know like we're right. here to pick you up and uh, we'll try again you know and uh, uh there's something to it you know it's it's way more fun to enjoy life with others than to do it by yourself. Absolutely. And I my mind is still just rejoicing over this distinction between joining and belonging. Isn't it a common thing for people to say, I don't feel like I fit in? That's right. And that's that I I don't belong. I don't and we think I well, many people think belonging or fitting in means I am the same as. Yeah. And it doesn't have to mean same as it, it means, I don't know, this, this vulnerability, this connection, this belonging. So that's awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to make wow. sure that we cover before we close today? No, I mean, I, I think this is a great start to, to opening people up to a conversation around, around just really under, understanding yourself, but being comfortable to ask for help. You know, because I, I think it's it's a beautiful thing when we, we get that support that we need to, to build the confidence and trust uh, in ourselves, as well as gain the clarity that we need to start taking action. Because it is going to involve taking action at some point. You can theorize all day long. You can journal all day long. You know, you can have conversations all day long. But at the end of the day, if you want to see things start to shift and change, you have to recognize you're probably going to have to change your location. Uh, you know, and, and what I mean by that is you got to go from A to B to C to D to, to you know, travel this journey. And it's going to involve you taking a step <laughs> and multiple steps. But it, it's creating a space where we have the confidence in ourselves to take the step and to keep taking the step and, and keep working at whatever it is we've identified that we want to do. And I'll tell you, when you got those people around you that are wanting something similar or on a similar journey, it just it makes it way more fun. 
You know, we all just want to have a little bit more fun. We want more reasons to smile every day. And trust me, you turn on the TV, we need more reasons to smile today. So uh, it's, it's, you know, these communities. And thank you, Linda, for for creating this platform uh, to have these conversations and to connect people with this, these types of subjects. Because I, I, man, I know when I started off on this tangent, I guess you would say with my life, uh, there wasn't a lot of resources out there. There wasn't. You know, and there wasn't a lot of support either. Like I was sort of my my idea of bushwhacking. It comes from that. It was just like it felt like I was bushwhacking a lot of times, just trying stuff and looking over here and looking over there, looking under this rock, and like, <laughs> what am I doing? You know, and it all worked out though because I had the right people around me. You know, yeah, you had the right people, and one of them is your wife, who mm-hmm. knows how to ask the right questions. She what sure a does. Wonderful <laughs> person. Well, Di, thank you so much for what you have shared today, and not only for what you have said, but what you have done, as you have been this bushwhacking trailblazer, like you mentioned, when we do things, it gives other people permission to do things. And so, thank you. Thank you. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Greg Plitt. He said, the clock is ticking. Are you becoming the person you want to be? Today, I invite you to become the person you want to be. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.